Right, guys, so Mr. Gutierrez, David Dennis Jr. And yes, a champion in our midst, Tim Kalashov with us for the first time since the Texas Rangers won the World Series. Our conquering hero picked them to win two of their four postseason series. So why are we giving him points? You might be asking. He had the Diamondbacks in a sweep. College football playoff rankings, T-minus two hours. Maybe you don't expect changes at the top, but today, number three, Michigan, informed by their conference, the Big Ten, the school may face conference disciplinary action in the investigation into the sign-stealing scandal. What it means next. Let's go around the horn. Yeah, so you picked the, the Orioles over them. Who else do you have? Yeah, the Big Ten informing Michigan via letter this week it may face conference disciplinary action in the alleged sign-stealing scandal and that the school has until tomorrow to respond. Reported possible punishment would affect Jim Harbaugh, maybe in the form of a game or two suspension. That's reportedly. Michigan AD Ward Manuel stayed back in Michigan, did not travel to today's playoff meeting in order to attend to the investigation. Last week, during the playoff show, the committee said the scandal is an NCAA issue, not a playoff committee issue. But it's been another week of increased details. And now this brace yourself letter from the conference. David Dennis Jr. around the horn to you. Do you trust the Big Ten to get to the bottom of this? No, because in general, I don't trust these governing bodies to handle these investigations or dole out punishment uh, in really fair ways. History tells us that whether it's on the NCAA level or the Big Ten level itself, the issue with the Big Ten is they seem to be jumping the gun here. The NCAA is putting on their own investigation. And what we know is that the NCAA bylaws say that whatever happens under a coach, the coach is responsible for. The Big Ten bylaws do not say that. So whatever happens under a coach, Harbaugh is not necessarily responsible for. So what? What exactly would the Big Ten be punishing Harbaugh for? Seems like it makes more sense for them to wait, see what the uh, you know the actual investigation holds, and then handle out handle their punishment. Now, in terms now, who should really be um, getting in front of this is Michigan. Uh, as a school and figuring out what to do with Harbaugh now because they know what's been going on and they can talk about how all of these other teams are doing the same sign stealing stuff and how people stole signs from them, but it never rose to the level of what they're doing, which is using other personnel for this. So it's up to Michigan right now. They want to handle this. They need to get in front of this and figure out what to do with this big Jim Harbaugh problem, what they've been doing. Reading this letter from the Big Ten, Israel Gutierrez, do you have confidence at conference? can get this right and get to the bottom of it? Well, I have confidence that the conference is going to do what I believe the school would want to do, which is very much just point to Jim Harbaugh as the reason for everything, right? Have him be the guy who gets this punishment because you have a year where you might make the, the playoff. You might actually win a national championship. And obviously, Michigan doesn't want to do anything to keep that from happening this year. I would say the Big Ten doesn't want anything mm. to, to harm that as well, one of its premier member institutions here. And so if you just put it on Jim Harbaugh and say, hey, maybe this school can do something without their coach for a couple of games, which would be wild, by the way, a couple two suspensions for a potential national championship team. But if you put it on Jim Harbaugh, 
Harbaugh and say, hey, he's the reason we're doing this. He's the guy who has to feel like he needs to cheat in order to win. Don't put it on our players. Don't ruin our season. I think that's where the Big Ten is pointing at. Say, hey, this is what we're allowed to do. This is what we potentially will do. So if Michigan doesn't get ahead of it or if the NCAA doesn't do this for us, that's where we want to place the blame because they want to do everything possible to not put it on the kids this year and not leave this Michigan team high and dry. Frank Isola. Speaking of the kids, it's a very good teachable moment, as they say, for the students at Michigan where the out-of-state tuition is off the charts. Because as a student, you will learn that if you cheat or you plagiarize, you're going to get in big trouble. But when there's a lot of money at stake, like there is in college football, well, now we're going to investigate. Maybe we'll suspend them. We don't know. What the Big Ten is worried about, there's a chance to get two teams in the playoff. That is a lot of money. Ideally, they would like Ohio State just to beat Michigan, and maybe that could take care of everything. But this is all about money, so what they really want is to get two teams in the playoff and hope everything comes out in February, March, or April, and we'll kick the mm. can down so the road. So then the Students answer to the question is the you do not works. trust the conference here. Oh, I, Please. I think they know what happened. I, don't, <laughs> I just think that the punishment, they're going to hem and haw a little bit, let things play out on the football field before it plays out in the legal and process. Tim Kalashaw. Yeah, I think the potential penalty is way too severe to trust a conference to do the right thing here. It bothers me a little when Bill Hancock says this is not a football playoff committee issue. It's for the NCAA and the Big Ten. It reminds me a little bit when I was a Heisman voter and they said and there was serious allegations about Jameis Winston going on. They said, that's not a Heisman issue. That's for the courts. You just vote for the best players. Well, if this committee is supposed to be picking the four best teams and you think one of them, may have had some even small competitive advantage because of signals they were stealing. How is that not a committee issue? How is that not right. something to at least be discussed by these people who spend hours and hours in these Okay, so there it is right there. Are. You believe the college football playoff committee should be considering this and take cues from the conference or the NCA as each report comes out and the investigation gets longer and longer in their rankings where Michigan was number three going into Tonight's show. Israel, do you? I do. I think it's the only, frankly, fair punishment. It's sort of the eye for an eye thing. Oh, you felt like you needed to do this in order to get this advantage, in order to build this resume. Well, we're not going to look at your resume, and you're not going to make the college football playoff. And I think this is where you talk about punishing the student-athletes, right? Did they choose to do this? Did they know that their coach was doing this? Probably not. So it's really hard to go ahead with that penalty. Isola. Yeah, I agree with Izzy. I mean, you hate to just say don't, like, uh, punish the kids, but the coach of the program does need to be held to a higher standard, and it is a bit, of a, it's a bit absurd that he was already suspended earlier in the season for three games you knew they were going to win. What are they going to do now, one or two games, and he'll be available for the Ohio State game and maybe a college playoff? That seems like a slap on the wrist. David Dennis Jr. No, I think you you can got to keep this as far away from the players as possible. Get rid of uh, suspend Harbaugh. Do what you can with Harbaugh, but let the players finish out and, and compete in the tournament. We'll move on. Chargers twenty-seven, Jets six. Did you learn anything about either team on Monday Night Football? L.A. got special teams, and L.A. feasted on defense. Offensively, Justin Herbert was hit a lot. Was kind of meh for the game. The Jets are just mind-numbing offensively. Sack Wilson was the story last night, but the offensive highlight came in warm-ups. You've seen it here. Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball 50 yards and was telling Derwin James he'll be back in a few weeks. Tim, did you learn anything last night? I learned that this is – I know there's going to be some talk about the Jets. We've been on them since hard knocks. But I learned something about the Chargers 
last night. They are capable of putting an opponent, a very good defensive opponent, a flawed, obviously, offensive opponent, but they are capable of putting a 4-4 four and four team away and winning by 21 points and getting eight sacks and doing it without Herbert having to be great. As you said, they didn't even have 200 yards total offense, but they didn't really need it because after that punt return and an early touchdown, they were in such dominant control of a road game. And we, we never see that from the Chargers. Every game is tough for the Chargers, and they let a lot of those games get away. This one, they actually showed that they're going to be a playoff team, which they are, and they're going to at some point, at least the Chiefs are going to feel their mm. hot breath mm-hmm. on their neck. That, I'm not saying they're going to catch them. They're going to know they're but there. But you saw enough to say that was there. a playoff team we saw that. Because they're not a playoff team right that now. A- they're on the outside looking in, and they're looking at some teams that uh, they might be able to catch. Frank Isola, how about They're you? better than a bunch of those teams. Yeah, for me, it was another dull game with subpar quarterback play. That's when you see Aaron Rodgers out there. And Aaron Rodgers knows when he steps on the field and he's throwing long passes – Everyone's going to talk about it. There has to be a reason for this. I do think, you know, it it seemed like a little wink-wink. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. But maybe there's something to it. Maybe he eventually is going to come back. The key will be, can the Jets stay competitive enough and have a legitimate chance to be a playoff team if Aaron Rodgers does, in fact, come back to the line? All right, so last night was still about Aaron Rodgers to Frank Isola. Israel, was it to you? This is exciting. What I learned about the Chargers is they are capable of playing the games on their schedule. Last week they had the Bears, good win. This week they had the Jets, good win. That's all I learned about this team. What I also learned is, continuously learned, is that Aaron Rodgers cannot stay away from the spotlight. If you were to miraculously come back from this Achilles tear, it would be shocking if you just did it without a warning, right? If you just came back in week 13, it's just like, look at me, I'm ready to play. But this, like preparing people to come back for what? For, to a maybe 500 team that might have a chance to play. You look at Joe Burrow, what he had to do just to get back from a calf strain to look like himself. You're talking about a t- torn Achilles and you're expecting Aaron Rodgers to go back. I'd rather believe that he didn't actually tear his Achilles and is coming back from something a lot less severe. Oh, now, okay. I was wondering if anybody was going to do this. There must be a doctor this. out there saying, please, Aaron, So now you this. are theorizing in a conspiratorial way. Are you not, Israel? Why not? Aaron Why not? Okay, well, then that makes Okay, please, go ahead. David Dennis Jr. On last night's football game, can we talk about the two teams who were playing in the game, please? You remember a few weeks ago when Zach Wilson had those, like, two great drives against the Chiefs, and we were like, he's turned the corner, and Nathaniel Hackett has an offensive game plan for him, and everything seems to be working out for them. Three touchdowns in the last four games from that offense, Zach Wilson has lost four fumbles in the last two games and this and last night they played against the worst pass defense in the league this is about offensive ineptitude at a historic level and that organization not finding something to replace the loss of Aaron Rodgers that and, and what makes it worse is that defense is still great less than 200 yards allowed five plus sacks and no plays allowed of more than 25 yards and they still lost by 20 points that has never happened in NFL History. They are doing Is a different that right? to wow. that defense with this terrible offense. Never in NFL history? You see. That Upper. is how you make an argument. You don't bring. I might have to make it a banned phrase. The name of a certain quarterback who's not happening to be playing in the NFL at the moment. Oh please, Where please. Was Dallas saw eleven. Cowboys and the Chiefs. That David Dennis Jr. fifteen. Gutierrez nine. Isola also appearing on around the board. 
Firestone.net. Been asking to stop talking about Aaron Rodgers for a few years. There it is. There it is. Hold on a second. There it is. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Around the Horn is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Down goes number one. Down goes number one. What a way to start a season. Defending champion LSU dropping the opener to Colorado, 92-78. Angel Reese, 15-12. Hallie Van Lith, Tiger debut, 14-7. But no defensive answer for Frida Foreman and Aronette Vonley. And Kim Mulkey was not happy after the game. What I don't live with is just guts and fight and physical play and just just you got that just that dog in you and I just didn't think we had that tonight chicken little said the sun will come out tomorrow didn't he you know the sky's not falling Tim um what does game one mean uh, for LSU and college basketball not sure about the chicken little interpretation, yeah. but I do like that she also said when she was asked about her locker room or problems, she said the problem with our locker room is Colorado is a very good basketball team. That's a team that beat Stanford two years ago when they were number one. The guards, uh, Frida Foreman, Jalen Sherrod, are still there. They beat them up last night, went to the Sweet 16 last year. That's a good team. David Dennis Jr.? I'm with Tim on Colorado being a good team. Von Lay, 24-6-4. They were great execution-wise. LSU was a little bit rusty. They played sloppy yesterday, 44% uh, from the field, 19 turnovers on 13 assists. It's the first uh, home, in the first championship, defending championship, lost home op- or opener since 95-96. And that UConn team made it to the Final Four, so I think they'll be fine going forward. Israel Gutierrez? 
I'd call it almost a scheduled loss because you're talking about a good Colorado team with very experienced guards coming in and you're playing without Alexis Morris who graduated and is, was your point guard last year, was your uh, floor general last year. So I'd say, you know, maybe as Chicken Little always says, don't blame your players after just the first one. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. And Frank Isola. I love They used to play the game in Springfield. Now it's in Vegas. Maybe Naismith used to vacation it. That's why they moved it. You know, everyone <laughs> talks about LSU. You didn't, you, didn't mention, you didn't mention Angel Reese. I think the coach is calling out her best player. And let's think about this now. She's been the toast of the town. She's been everywhere. She's had a great offseason. But maybe this is the downside to NIL, making all that money. When I was in college, I had... 20 bucks in my pocket on a Friday. Okay, this is not about you. It could have an impact. It could Everything have an impact. has an impact. We can understand that, but this doesn't have to be a referendum. But it's the first time we've seen this, though. It's the first time we've seen yeah, this. Double-double? 15-12? These are the numbers so that she puts up? speaking to the intensity and the fight. Yes. I think they'll be okay. The idea of a championship hangover can apply to any and all teams. The idea that you're bringing up somebody's wallet at this moment, Frank, is getting a mute. We'll move on. Knicks 111, Clippers 97, James Harden's L. Debut said it felt weird without any preseason or training camp with the team that he was just winging it. He had 17 and six, but was a minus 18 for the game. The whole team fell flat in the fourth as they caught an L from New York. Frank, what do you buy? What do you sell from the Harden debut? Yeah, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey look really good without the so-called system. He took the fewest shots among Kawhi, Paul George, and what Russell Westbrook. Let's see how that plays out a couple of weeks from now, 40 games into the season, because he's going to go back to his usual ways, pounding the life out of that bat. i got to give you credit, Frank, because you bring it in every answer no matter what. But you started on the Philadelphia 76ers. If we could just talk about the Clippers, Israel Gutierrez, please. Sure. I mean, look, I thought Paul George looked out of sorts. And yeah, uh, James Harden can go out there and wing, and he can do that at any given time with any team and look pretty decent. But when you talk about him handling the ball more, is that going to get Paul George more in a rhythm? Is that going to get Kawhi Leonard more in a rhythm? I don't know if this is the exact perfect fit for him unless he's willing to play the absolute role of point guard, distributor, and nothing else. David Dennis Jr. on the Harden debut with Clippers. Oh, first I want to talk about the Harden quote and not being unused to play, not having practice time and play with teams. Whose fault is that? You keep demanding trades and you keep getting moving around plays. You don't get time to practice. Now, on the good side for them is that, you know, he will start to handle that ball more. And I disagree about what that means. They ran 19 pick and rolls last night. They scored 23 points on those. When he starts to handle the ball more, I think that will actually be good for that Clippers offense. That's what you're waiting to see. And Tim Callishaw on the debut last night. I just like that Steve Ballmer has built a perfect team for load management regular season. Two former superstars can take a night off, and two more former superstars can keep playing. None of them are anywhere near their prime. They won't do anything in the playoffs, but they'll manage to get through the season okay. Manage to get through the season, but you don't believe this is the type of team that can win in the postseason? No, I do not. Nobody does. We'll move on. Buy or sell three, the Craig Castle sweepstakes. Everybody's seeking counsel. Milwaukee had him, loved him, but then maybe he'd go to the Mets. No, Cubs offering double what Milwaukee was offering. And then the Cubs moving on from David Ross and hiring counsel at $8 million a year, highest paid in the sport by nearly double. Brewers and their community now need a new manager. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel found <laughs> images of local Craig Cancel named Parks being graffitied. Tim, what do you buy? What do you sell from all this? 
I know Council gave the Rangers fits in the World Series. Wait, he's never been to a World Series. I'm sorry, that's the wrong guy. I don't know what the big derby was for with this guy. I know he's a good manager, but everybody wanting him. The Mets have to have him. The Cubs make him the highest paid manager ever. It's a little extreme. David Dennis Jr.? I think it's a good move for the Cubs who, you know, upgraded the manager position. They have a good farm league that he can sort of cultivate. The problem here is how they did it. You don't do a press release announcing that you're firing somebody and hiring somebody in the same release. You don't post on Instagram that you're breaking up with your partner and you have a new girlfriend at the same one. You figure some way out to make it look better for all parties involved. Yeah, this is where I'm landing, just sort of feeling bad for David Ross here. I mean, the former Cub, the beloved former Cub. They called him Grandpa Ross, even though he's only 46, by the way, not a grandpa's age. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you turn around and all of a sudden they're paying some guy double to replace you. Doesn't feel good. And for that guy solo. Craig Council is a terrific manager. He has got a good agent. He had three teams negotiating, but as David said, bad look for the Cubs there, the way they handle it. That does not look good at all. You want to talk about how much he's making since you're in everybody's finances? Money bags, uh, I stole well, When you're 19 years old and you're making a lot of money, that's that's hard. It's not easy. I... <laughs> David Dennis Jr., Tim Kalashaw, showdown next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Around the Horn is presented by Crown Royal. Live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. Kyle Shaw, Dennis, good luck in the showdown. More from college basketball's opening day. South Carolina, 100, Notre Dame, 71. Paris Ooh. saw the most dominating performance of opening day and didn't have the highlight of opening day. Malaysia full Wiley, coast to coast layup, Tim. What's the best part? Man, the whole thing, you got to watch it about three times. It's so fast. Reminds me of a shot I used to try in horse. Didn't usually end well. She seems to have perfected it. Oh, that's got to be about you. All right. Degree. David Dennis Jr.? The best part of this is that might not have even been the best play from her that game. The no-look pass under the basket a few minutes later after the Hezzy was phenomenal. This is a human highlight film in the sport that we like we haven't seen in a long time. Right. We just talked about LSU, South Carolina. Did they rebuild? Did they re- no, they just reload. That's just all they do. David Dennis Jr., 30 seconds of FaceTime. One question. We are eight games into the NBA season, and I'm calling it. Fellow Davidson alum, Wardell Stephen Curry, MVP, 
47 threes made. Nobody has made more than 30 this season. Led the team in scoring first eight games of the season. The oldest player to do that, first player over 35 to do that. Wardell Stephen Curry, lock it in, MVP this season. November 7th is when we're doing this already, David? Yo, November yes, 7th? Yes, oh my indeed. goodness. What are we even doing here? Frank Isola, your points per show has gone down now because of today's negative number. But now that we're paying per point on this show, we want to talk about how much everybody's making in the world. You had a negative day, you have to actually give money back to the mute button. That's fine. Yeah? I'm just glad the college basketball season started in Paris. Keep that tradition alive. That's a good one. <laughs> you are unbelievable. What are we doing here? Here? <laughs> uh, Not a bad place to start.